0: bibles turn to hebrews chapter 11 and put your finger there because we're not going to go there first the writer moved by the holy spirit wrote what we call the epistle or the letter to the hebrews and when he wrote it he didn't write and said chapter 1 verse 1 chapter 2 verse 2 he just wrote the letter Translators afterwards placed the chapters and verses so that it would make it easier for you and me. So when I say, for instance, turn in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11, it's easy for you to find it rather than if you look in your scroll and move about three-quarters of the way down and in the third paragraph, that's what we're going to talk about. So it was for our ease. But sometimes it... it um presents certain obstacles. The writer, which I again say is the Holy Spirit, but the writer of Hebrews at the end of chapter 10 wrote about faith. And he stated, quoting Old Testament passages, that the righteous lives by his faith, but those who aren't uh, draw back from the faith. And so he says at that conclusion of that chapter, uh, but you're not those people. You're the people who move on in faith. And then in chapter 10, he's going to write about faith. And then he's going to do what we kind of call the uh, honor roll or the hall of fame of faith. And we'll list a number of uh, men and women who he's going to use as examples of faith. I'm going to deal with faith in a long series, like almost a mini-series within the series, uh, because one, the scriptures say that faith is important. Even Paul says there are these three, faith, hope, and love. Paul, but also Paul says the most important of those three is love, because it will last for eternity. Faith and hope will last while we're here. But faith is an extremely important because as he quoted it from the Old Testament, the righteous shall live by his faith. So it's an important aspect of our lives as disciples to live by faith. But the reason I'm going to emphasize it for a period of time is because currently pastors in big churches and pastors in small churches and Christian music artists write about faith that in my humble opinion is wrong. But well, let me correct myself. It's not my humble opinion. I am convinced that they're wrong by the scriptures. And so um, this is going to be demarcation, if you will, of my ministry and therefore your ministry, because I'm up here. And much of what the other Christian churches teach, and it is permeates, because you will hear things about, well, if you just have enough faith and if this and that, and, and you start to wonder. So I want to spend this time. But before I look at the scriptures, I want to tell a story. Jesus told parables, and I'm certainly not on the par of Jesus when it comes to being a teacher. But I'm going to say, well, he was an effective teacher. So maybe if I use a story, it will burn into your mind what we're trying to do also another person who was influential in my life was my mother she used to tell stories now she didn't tell parables usually the story she would tell would be true stories uh, because you know without going through the story she would tell the story which the moral of the story was don't criticize your spouse to other people because they'll only think that your spouse is worse than you're saying so, but she would tell stories like that, thinking that I was smart enough to figure out the moral of the story. So I'm gonna give you a story. So here we go. There's a five-year-old, we'll call, we'll, we'll say she's a girl. She could be a boy just as well. And this five-year-old little girl sees some people, some friends and family, and she goes, my parents are getting me a pony. And the friends and, and uh, uh, relatives are a little shocked, they go, they tell you they're buying you a pony? No, but I really, really, really believe that they're gonna buy me a pony. They go, are but are you sure? Yeah, because I, I really, really, really believe they're gonna buy me a pony. And I've heard at church that if you just believed it enough, that it will happen. And I've heard on the music if you just believe for it it will happen. And so I really 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 believe that my parents are buying me a pony. And then one of the older relatives go but you do realize that you live in a two bedroom apartment on the 25th floor in the middle of Manhattan. And a pony requires hay and other things and you have allergies. And you realize that once they eat the hay, it's going to go through them and deposit places. Are you, are you really sure they're going to get you a pony? And she goes, problems and difficulties are just opportunities. Now, what's wrong with that story? Her parents never told her she was getting a pony. She just believed it. That's not belief. That's presumption. That's desire. But she has taken what she wants and put Christian values to it because she was taught that if she just believed enough, It would happen. So the only thing that's going to happen when her parents don't get her the pony, and if she does, in fact, live in a two-bedroom apartment on the 25th floor in Manhattan, they're probably not going to buy her a pony. She's going to either have lack of faith in her parents and in God because her faith, as much as a five-year-old can get it into her body and mind, Believed for it. But faith is not that. So even though you have your fingers, on the, I want you to turn first to Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Because this tells us about faith. And faith is not presumption. Romans 10, chapter, chapter 10, verse 17 says this. So faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. I can want something and I can desire something and I can really think with all conviction that it will happen, but that is not faith. Faith is the God says X will happen and I believe that will happen. That's faith. Faith is I haven't received it yet, but I'm going to because God said it would. So faith comes from hearing the voice of God, not from me presuming what the voice of God is. That is why I am convinced that these pastors, although are members of, of large congregations and have book signings and on the radio and small chat pastors who think that they like to be a big pastor. They're wrong. That's not what the scripture teaches. The scriptures do not teach, if you believe for it, it will happen. It says, if God says it, it will happen. So faith comes from hearing. In my story, the little girl didn't hear anything. She just wanted it. Now, if her parents said, we're gonna buy you a pony and don't, it doesn't matter. We live on the 25th floor on a two bedroom apartment then she can believe her parents. They may be crazy, but they can do it because she can believe that they said it. So again, when God your father says something, you can take it to the bank. So faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ, not hearing by the pastor. So when these pastors say, if you just believe it, that's not what the word of Christ says. So now we'll go back to Hebrews chapter 11. And it's going to kind of describe the definition of faith. Hebrews 11, starting with verse 1. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. So, faith is that confidence, just like this little girl who was so confident that her parents were getting her a pony wasn't because. It was presumption, but once they are, you're told by God this is going to happen, then it is the assurance. You're not wondering. You know, When Jesus says to the man who is about to heal, do you believe? And he said, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. There is that kind of wishy-washiness. He's saying, Lord, give me that conviction of faith, that assurance of faith. And that's what faith is. Faith isn't a, well, 50-50. I, I kind of, no, God says it, that settles it. It is the assurance of things hoped for. The conviction. It is not a, a mildly held belief. It is that I will go to my grave believing that even if I haven't seen it yet, because I know God Will do what God says he does. Now I'm gonna we'll talk a little bit later about what God says he will do. But it's those things, so faith is not that I believe for it, is that assurance and conviction, once God has said it, he will perform it. Verse three, well, and verse two for by it the men of old gained approval. I love it when I hear people say, well, you know, God had a plan in the, in the Garden of Eden and that kind of got messed up. So then he had another plan and that kind of messed up. So then he came up with the children of Israel and that kind of messed up. So then he said, Jesus, and if you kind of look at the world, that, that kind of messed up. You know, it's, God's always trying to come with a new plan. The first and original plan that is still in use today, faith, for by it, by faith, Men of old gained approval. Adam and Eve gained approval by faith. Abel received approval by faith. Enoch received approval by faith. Noah received approval by faith. Abraham and Sarah received approval by faith. Isaac, Jacob, David, Samuel, Daniel, Hezekiah, you name the people, they received approval from God because of faith, not they were good little boys and girls. Because if you read the scriptures, most of them weren't good little boys and girls. They had their moments and they had their other times. But they were approved by God because of faith. So faith is important for us as believers. Verse three, by faith, we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things which are visible. Well, how is it that that the creation of the universe is by faith? Because God said in the very beginning, in the beginning was God and God created the heavens and the earth and he spoke and things happened. I believe that God created The universe. Now, science will say something different. But let me get let you in a little secret. The scientists weren't there, God was. Now, my belief that God created the universe is based on the fact that God said He created the universe. But there are also other evidences that God created the universe, that it wasn't a happenstance, accidental thing that happened. Science will even verify it. Take statistics, take biology, take cosmology, cosmology, take astronomy, take physics, take um, math. All the sciences will show even geography, will show that God created the earth. The difference is science looks at the evidence and sees a different result. I look at the evidence and it confirms what God told me. So I believe that God created the universe because he said so, and there are evidences for it. But even if there wasn't any evidence for it, I would believe it. And as I tell people, if you're right, there is no God. When you die, you'll never know you're right. Because you'll just be gone. But if I'm right, there is a God. You'll be minded every moment of eternity that you were wrong. And I will be in the blessed presence of my Lord and Savior. We're going to jump down because uh, we're going to talk about other other things. Um, we're going to go through these men's lives individually. So verse 6 of Hebrews chapter 11. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is... And that he is a rewarder of those who seek him or diligently seek him. So it states, number one, you want to please God, then you have to have faith. You can follow, as far as even above humanly possible, all of the commandments, including the 10 plus the 620 plus other commandments. And you can follow them religiously and piously, But if you don't do it in faith, you don't please God. Because without faith, it is not possible to please him. Now I'm going to go into another area that drives me crazy with these wrong ideas of faith. And I heard this last week, so driving somewhere this very i'm not going to say his name because i don't want to embarrass him for being wrong but there was this very famous pastor on the radio and he said and he goes jesus was ministering and he was in his hometown and it says he could not do any miracles there because there was no faith and his conclusion was without faith god can't do things and I immediately got angry and turned a radio station to something else because I figured even a secular place would be better than that. Let I me mean, in on notice it didn't say, without faith, it's impossible for God to do something. It says, it is impossible to please God if you don't have faith. Whether you have faith or don't have faith has no impact on the ability of God to do anything. Why did God, why did Jesus do no miracles in that hometown? Because the point of his doing miracles was to produce faith. He wasn't the best show on earth. He wasn't there to show them that it was a pretty good show for a quarter. Hey, let's go see Jesus because he heals people and he cures people. And and it's a great show. If you see the show and you don't say he's the son of God, then he's wasting his time in yours. It's not that he could not, it's that it was not valuable to do so because he was there to seek and to save that which was lost. And if he performed miracles and no one came, then he was wasting his time. And I'm going to go on a little further in another verse that we'll look at that will show this all the more. Do you want to please God? Then when he makes a promise, believe it. And then act on it. You see, an example I've heard many years ago is that you could believe a chair will hold your weight. But until you sit on the chair, you've just said, I believe that the chair, but you've then rested in the chair thinking, yes, it could hold my weight. When you say God says, if you believe, that God raised Jesus from the dead in your heart and confess with your mouth him as Lord, you will be saved. Once you rest on that, then you have both believed and acted. You see, the demons know that God is God. They even tremble in his presence. They don't worship him. Skipping over to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. It says this: fixing our eyes on Jesus. You see, we get off on problems when we don't fix our eyes on Jesus. An example that I learned when I was taking a um, driving course was: they say when you start to spin out of control, most people like a tree's coming and so what they do is they stare at the tree which means 100% of the times you will hit the tree because you will hit what you're looking at so their advice was when you're out of control you look where you want to be and you look there and you're by looking there you will move the wheel to get you where you want to be not where you're afraid of you're going fixing your eyes on jesus will get you to where you want to be and not craning into a tree Fixing our eyes on Jesus. Now notice what it says, the author and perfecter of faith. He was the one who originated it. He was the one who first wrote about it. He was the one who first told about it and he perfects our faith. So we come to him in faith. Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. And he takes us from that point to perfected faith. But it's not me. It's not some other pastor. It's not some other music writer. It's not even some great author. It is Jesus who is the author and perfecter of our faith. And then he says, for who the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. He's saying, look at Jesus. What did he do? He was obedient in faith to the father. He despised the shame. He didn't didn't enjoy that. He despised the fact that they mocked God. But having done what the Father said, he then placed in a place of honor at the right hand of God the Father. We are to see what Jesus did and emulate and imitate him. So when things aren't going well, it's okay Because Jesus went through some really bad stuff. And while we will not end up at the right hand of the throne of God, we will end up before the throne of God. Hopefully to hear the words, well done, good and faithful slave. But we will only hear that because of our faith not because of our accomplishments. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 4, which is what the writer of Hebrews was quoting, says, behold, for the proud one, his soul is not right within him, but the righteous will live by his faith. The righteous will live by his faith. When God says, blessed are those who are persecuted for my name's sake. For their reward is great. Rejoice and be exceedingly joyful. When that happens, we don't, shucks, how come I'm being, no, we are to rejoice because we say, we understand that he said we're going to be blessed because of this. We live our lives accordingly. When he says that we are to love one another as he has loved us, we do so because we believe what he says and we know what he will do when we have done what he's called us to do. When he tells us that we are to forgive one another as we have been forgiven, we do these things in faith. Because the world will say, no, no, you don't forgive, you get even. Or in my my sense, I don't get even, I I wanna get ahead. So, you know, I jokingly, one time my wife threw some cold water on me, I, I got her back 10 times. And I would say, one, two, and it took a couple of years to do it. See, in my natural, I don't want to get even. I want to squish you like a bug. But that's not what Jesus taught me. He taught me to forgive and to love. And so I will live my life based on that, not on my natural condition. So we are to live our lives by faith. Which means we need to know what our faith is to live it by it. So we need to understand who Jesus is and to read his word so that faith comes by hearing and that the word of Christ so that we know how to live. Galatians chapter two, verse 20 says this. I have been crucified with Christ and it's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Paul says, I have made a bargain. I have decided that I have crucified this life like Christ was crucified, and I'm going to live for him, not for myself. Now, if you're like Paul and like me, Paul later has to say, I have to die daily. Because while Jesus rose again on the third day, when we crucify ourselves, we... Our old nature just keeps wanting to pop up again. So we have to kind of nail ourselves to that cross daily because we want to do what we want to do. But Paul says, I've decided to live by faith in the Son of God. Paul was persecuted. Paul was beaten. Paul was stoned. Paul was shipwrecked. Paul was all sorts of different things. He was placed on trial. He didn't do that because he thought it made a great life. He did so because he believed God and that there was reward for him that he believed that if he sought God, that he would be a rewarder of him. Because I do so not because God is this, but that God loved me and gave himself up for me. Second Corinthians chapter 5, five verse 7 says this, For we walk by faith, not by sight a couple of things walking means that we're moving and walking also kind of means that we're living we are to move by faith we are to live by faith we're to do these things but he says we do so by faith not by sight now he's not saying that we move blindly the people who would say if i just believe enough they're walking blindly they're not walking in faith they're walking By not sight. The scriptures didn't tell us to walk blindly. It said to walk by faith, not by sight. Because if you look at the lives of many believers, their lives are probably more hard than the average person. Because the world didn't care for them. The world wanted to persecute them. So, if you're looking at who gains the most toys and what's the most successful, then you say, well, by sight, the people who are blessed. And that's why the Jew used to say, well, if, if you're having difficulties and problems and you're sick and your family, whatever, then you must be a sinner. You see, they're walking by sight. Even though the whole book of Job says Job was a faithful, righteous man who was fell victim of a conversation between him between God and Satan. We walk by faith, we walk by the fact of what God has said. God has told us that we are saved by his we are rewarded by these things. We do so not by what seems to be applicable right now, but the fact that God will reward us ultimately in the end. We walk by faith and not by sight. Romans chapter five, verse one says this, therefore having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, faith has a result. We are justified. We're not just excused. We're not just not guilty. We are innocent. We are blameless. We are justified in all that we are because of faith in him we live by faith. one of the reasons people seem to say well i, I said the sinner's prayer and i believe jesus and whatever but i did these things and they're terrible and they keep beating themselves up and they keep doing the shame and and the scriptures keep saying well Once I've forgiven you, your sins are as far as the east is from the west, that I remember them no more. Those are things God said. You're not operating in faith if you keep beating yourself up because he forgave you. His word says, if you believe in my son, there's now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. I live by faith in that, not by the fact that my feelings, because my feelings will deceive me every single time. How do I know that? Because there are days I really feel skinny until I look in the mirror. But I felt skinny. We have peace with God. And then the last verse that I want to use for today, we're going to talk about faith for for an extended period of time. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. For by grace you have been saved. Grace is unmerited favor. You don't deserve it. You didn't earn it. There's nothing you can do to ever qualify for God's love and forgiveness. It's by grace you have been saved. Well, how do I know that I've been saved? Through faith. The fact that I have faith tells me I'm saved and I've received grace because he's given me faith. So I am saved by grace through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. So I'm going to go back. Remember the, the, the pastor and others who say, well, Jesus couldn't do things because there was no faith. Well, then Jesus could have given faith. Because it's not your faith, it's his faith that he gives you. Think it through. For grace you've been saved through faith, and that and other shelf is a gift of God. So God can could have given them faith and then done all kinds of miracles. He's not, it is not impossible for God to work unless there's faith. It is impossible to please him unless you have it. It's a gift of God. And one more thing about well, if I just had enough faith. If you just had enough faith, these things wouldn't happen or those things wouldn't happen. How come when people say that they never remember Jesus saying, if you just have the faith of a mustard seed, you could tell this mountain to move and it will be moved. Now, the size of a mustard seed is so small that if I had a mustard seed in my between my thumb and my forefinger, you still couldn't see it because the fleshly part of my fingers would cover it up. So how much faith do you really need to move a mountain if all you need is the size of a mustard seed? And yet people say, well, I just, if I just had more faith, if I just had enough faith, if I, if I just believed hard enough, it will happen. As opposed to if God were to tell me, tell that mountain to move, then all I need is a mustard seed side of faith and say, move. But everybody wants mountains to move that aren't mountains that are necessarily supposed to be moved. Maybe God wants you to go over it, or around it, or through it. We all want to move mountains. There is a mountain that's going to move. It's right outside of Jerusalem, and it's going to split in half when Jesus comes. So until God tells me, to so tell that mountain to move, if I told that mountain to move, it would sit there. Because there is no faith to tell that mountain to move until God tells me to tell that mountain to move. Then there is faith in the operation. And not as a result of work so that no one may boast. Faith pleases God. Faith shows that you're saved. Faith shows all of the aspects of that salvation. Faith shows that there are rewards, that God is a rewarder of those who seek Him. In just a moment, we're going to sing In His Time. It's an old chorus. And the point of the song isn't in his time. The reason I picked this was, it says, Lord, please show me every day as you're teaching me your way, that you do just what you say in your time. Faith is, God, you will do what you say. And it's God, if you say, I'm gonna get a pony, then I'm gonna get a pony. But if you don't say, I'm getting a pony, then I may desire one. I may buy one when I get whatever, but I can't expect God to get me a pony until he tells me I'm giving you a pony. But isn't it sad? We want a pony rather than saying, God, you've given me salvation. You've allowed me to be called a child of yours. You've made my life blessed here and in the future. So you don't get me a pony. So you don't move the mountain. It's okay. Because I have you. And you have me. And I trust you. And I believe in you. And when you tell me the world was made by you, I'm going to believe it. whether a thousand scientists tell me differently. Because you were there and they weren't. I believe you. And all God's people said.